Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hey, all right. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. I am your host, Greg, and I've got something that I think is going to be informative and hopefully entertaining for all y'all out there today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope the weather's great where you are, and I hope you've either been or perhaps are on your way out to spend some time out of doors. But okay, today's topic is lessons that I learned on my wilderness first responder course. And then there's going to be a little bit about how to apply that to some of the things that happen in life because, um, hey, that's what happens. You learn something, you apply it. There's actually going to be a second episode, which will air after this one, entirely about one incident that happened a couple days ago now uh, where I used a lot of those lessons. But anyways, woofer, what is it? Wilderness First Responder, aka Woofer, is an 80-hour, that is correct, 8-0 training hours first aid course that you can take in a number of countries around the world from a number of different providers. The course is geared to people that, that are in the outdoors, that use wilderness areas, that use remote areas that access them. It's also frequently used by uh, search and rescue as a basis for things before additional training. Um, park service, forest service, and in a way it's a gold standard for working in the outdoor industry in any capacity is having your 80-hour first aid. Generally, it means that you are working in situations where you are beyond hospital care, you are beyond ambulance range. Um, There are different timelines around things. Some is beyond half an hour, some is just anything that is remote and has a challenge. I love my woofer class. I think it is significantly more useful. Uh, I would add wilderness first aid as well, significantly more useful than the pretty run-of-the-mill standard first aid courses, which are basically distilled down into, uh, I am a trained first aider. I am going to stop the bleeding. You there, do you have a cell phone? Please call 911 and tell them I have an emergency. The ambulance will take care of the rest. Uh, Now, woofer and... uh, Stuff is based on you are the care, you are beyond care, and uh, there's a lot of lessons and a lot of stuff that you can take on from that. So without further ado, I am going to just jump right into some of the things that are out there. It is wonderful. Um, First thing, as a woofer, uh, it is one of, if not the best training courses I have ever taken. It was mostly hands-on. It was 80 hours. It took a while. I actually took holiday time, vacation time from work to spend a lot of time with a lot of cool outdoor people learning a lot of material. But what I loved about that course was it was a mix of a little bit of lecture. Uh, There was some reading that you didn't have to do to pass the course. It was helpful, but it was scenario-based. So for mine, when I took the, the intro course, uh, the research are three-day courses usually, um, but I took the, the eight-day course that, uh, 
or nine day course, my mistake. Um, yeah, we started off with the introductions and then we immediately went outdoors and had a scenario that we went into and yeah, it was a lot. It was pretty intense. There is stage makeup and uh, fake clothing and all kinds of things that come up, but it's also incredibly realistic and you learn very quickly. Um, so for me, that was great because I love hands-on stuff. I'm not huge on sitting around, standing around, listening to somebody talk. I could read a book. Why are you wasting my time talking? But uh, getting out and practicing it, having discussions with people and uh, networking was fantastic. The next topic that I can, uh, can share a little about is um, that there... There are no perfect answers out there. Um, this is a huge life lesson. There is no perfect decision. There is no perfect way of doing things. There is an ideal which is taught in some courses, and then there is the actual, practical, real-world application. So again, as I mentioned, the standard, standard first aid classes presume a number of things. Wilderness first aid, hey, you may be coming upon a first aid scene wearing your running vest. Or, you know, maybe you're on a backpacking trip with a group of teenagers that uh, you're paid to lead. Maybe you're out um, walking with uh, your parents on a nature trail and come across somebody. The, you know, the focus of the course was like you are out there. There is no perfect decision. So you're doing the best that you can. Tied into that, I was trying to separate these, but they're very closely tied together for decision making and improvisation is you've got the materials at hand. You know, the, I took the first course in Colorado and uh, we were doing scenarios in the snow. So grab stuff that you'd have with you and you are assessing, you're pouring an assessment, forming a scene size up, checking for safety, checking the environmental conditions. Are you as the responder going to be okay? Because that's always the first priority, but the rest of it is improvised. There are guidelines which are offered, the nice little first aid triangles, acronyms, all kinds of stuff like that. But it doesn't have to be done that way every time. There are things that you assess for first, things you take care of first, but it's okay if you don't go step by step by step through the assessment system that you're taught. It's okay if you don't have, say, uh, a thermometer to take a temperature or a blood pressure cuff to take blood pressure. You can improvise around it. Uh, it's okay. You don't need to carry a gigantic first aid kit because if you're out here in the PNW, uh, if I'm out on a trail and come across something and need to splint it, there are, is a lot of dead wood and there's a lot of trees around. I could make a splint. Um, don't need to carry a whole bunch of extra stuff. So the idea of improvisation is great. It's really, really, it's, it's an integral part of the course, but it's also an integral part of our life because to some degree, we're all out here improvising. There is no one right way that things happen. There is no one right way to address any situation. There are different perspectives on a number of things. So what I think is, hey, this is a great improvisation. You could come up with a totally different improvisation in whatever way that that may come out. The next thing I had jotted down here, kind of tells me is it tied to those two before, is that there are a lot of gray areas in things. Do you assess this first or this first? If you have two rescuers, what do you do here or here? Uh, at the same time, there are a lot of issues that can present very similar, and there are a lot of symptoms 
that could be indicative of many, many different things. Feeling lightheaded, that could be any of a number of issues. It's not something straightforward. Uh, feeling chest pain could be a variety of issues. Uh, some of them are fairly or more straightforward, like, hey, wow, there is an, oh, I can see open bone. You have an open fracture of your tibia. Okay, that's a priority. It's a little bit different from, I don't feel well, my stomach feels uneasy. A lot more investigating. So there are gray areas as there are in our lives. There is a lot of gray areas in life. Very few things are black or white. Again, as I just mentioned, is it black? Is it white? Is it somewhere in between? There are a lot of things. There is a lot of focus in some cases by media of trying to make things black or white, but usually there are things going on where there is no, this is the best for everyone, this is the worst for everyone. So again, it's, it's shades of gray. It's how you, how you work with those and how you can see different perspectives of them. Another big thing that I learned in that, in that course is uh, problem solving. A lot of it, a lot of first aid situations, a lot of responding to things, you are essentially problem solving and you're problem solving on a real world stage. You're problem solving in real life, in 3D, in the situation that you're in, in the environmental conditions that you're in. Uh, as I mentioned, gray areas just before, the environment, there is no ideal for anything. It can be a beautiful sunny day. Hey, you got the possibility of heat exhaustion. Hey, it's a it's a cool and rainy day. Nothing's going to happen. Well, actually, hypothermia is generally a concern most days of the year around here. Actually, um, a lot of different ways of of just looking at things. But you're you're going to be problem solving again, trying to trying to get into what is actually going on with this patient that I've come across, whether that's in the class or whether that's in a real life situation. You're problem solving. Uh, how do I keep the patient? comfortable? How do I keep the patient warm? How am I going to move the patient? What are the resources that I have around me? Who are the human resources that I have around me? What is their level of training? What happens if another uh, rescuer that's with me or someone assisting me with it also gets injured? What happens if I get injured? You are constantly, constantly problem solving. And what I really appreciated about the course was that you can go into endless debates on minutia of things, but that was an emphasis Again, like there was no perfect way to do anything, but there also were plenty of ways that the same problem could have been addressed. So again, you know, for me as, as a pretty average sized male, uh, I would approach things very differently from a petite female or from, you know, say, uh, the pro basketball player sized person, very different perspectives, very different problem solving, as well as our own personal backgrounds. So again, for real life, we're problem solving a lot of the time. Hey, my stomach rumbled. Okay. I'm hungry. What am I going to eat? How am I going to eat it? What do I feel like doing? Where's the knife? How am I going to address this? It, it's a simple example, but it's a great one because that course, that that wilderness first aid, when you or for a first responder, when you add in the elements, when you add in being out in nature, being in the outdoors, then you're essentially problem solving a large amount of the time, whether cognitively aware of it or subconsciously aware of it. It's quite interesting and uh, quite enjoyable. Kind of similar tied to that is critical thinking, and I put this as a separate 
topic to to chat about because there's a lot it seems like there's a lot more critical thinking goes into things or can be very helpful in first aid situations you may come across or be personally in when you are out of doors when you are anywhere outside um, not to say that doesn't also happen for indoor ones but i'm speaking more on the like hey you're you're further you're removed from care you're beyond x amount of time of definitive care um the critical thinking again i'll, I'll go with the heat exhaustion example okay wow so what are the, some of the things to be aware of taking say taking a group of kids hiking on a summer's day well are they hydrated are they wearing adequate clothing um are they wearing are they covering their heads uh do they choose to wear sunscreen or not do they you know what what is the terrain we're going through are we going up and down a lot are we going in and out of the shade a lot are we near water do we have adequate water are they drinking water are they drinking something else uh what's their urine frequency uh, a lot of lot of lot of things to be aware of so it's that critical thinking and anticipating things or anticipating things that can go wrong and I'm going to use the absolute simplest example that I can right now because I don't know if the mic's going to pick it up, but it started raining. And I was recording this standing on the grass, and I thought, hmm, something might be an issue now. So I'm going to go and walk over into the dry area just in case it does and the skies open up. And yep, the skies have opened up. So luckily, ye old computer is not getting toasted right now which is wonderful, but that's using critical thinking. So again, big, big thing can easily be addressed to other areas of life. Wanted to illustrate that part. Uh, another thing I've got on my notes to talk about is um, big picture thinking. This was really useful in the context. We did a couple exercises of mass casualty events, uh, mass injuries, things like that. But what is the bigger picture? And this one, this is kind of a bigger topic as well um in in terms of the learnings from wilderness first responder like what is the big picture what is the goal what is what is the priority you know there there are always multiple things going on and that also holds true for everybody's life right now there are multiple compounding factors going on so when you are doing search and rescue simula simulations when you are attending to to different mass casualty things in the context of the outdoors and first responding to things, um, there is a lot to be aware of and it can really help to have someone who's just looking at the big picture. I know it's probably been far enough now that I can share this. Uh, the We did an exercise when I was taking my original course a number of years ago now and uh, there were a lot of things going on. Um, the scenario included a pregnant woman uh, who's cervical spine i was actually stabilizing and that was quite the experience to have someone screaming in your face when you're uh attempting to assist them but that can also happen in real life um but you know for me in this scenario there's a pregnant woman she's bleeding she's screaming that seems like it could be a priority what i'm unaware of because i am focused on that is all of the other people who are also injured from this what is going on with that so I simply have my perspective and I can do my my best, use my skill set the best I can, but I'm unaware of other things that go on that could be a bigger priority for the rescuers that are available and what else can happen. Um, that was a that was a great scenario that was very applicable and that's one I've thought about a lot. Um, 
And it, it ties in as well to another lesson that I might as well just go into right now uh, was um, staying calm. Staying calm. <laughs> that was a huge lesson. One of the instructors just shared that, you know, the the first thing, uh, the person had worked in, oh gosh, I don't remember if it was a national por park or national forest as a uh, medical personnel, um, but just shared that, you know, when they're walking up on something, how being calm and cool and collected when you approach a scene or approach someone who's injured can go a really long way into having a calm, less stressful situation that you're working with, less stressed out patient, or if you go in, you know, big energy, what's going on? My name is Greg, I'm here to help you. Or if you just slowly casually walk up like, hey there, uh, can I give you a hand? I have first aid training. My name's Greg. Uh, very, very, very different. But again, it's, it's that it's that attitude, that energy that you're conveying, you know, do you look calm and cool and collected or are you losing your head because something's happening? Um, and it was super interesting how the scenarios all played out because uh, it can also happen if you're in a first aid situation or if you're in a wilderness situation with a group that someone who is a responder can all of a sudden lose it, um, have a trauma response, have a stress response, uh, be triggered by something, uh, injure themselves. Um, you know, maintaining calm and cool, even when things can get tough and you have to make very tough decisions, staying calm and cool is great. And that ties to life as well. Um, you know, the there's a lot to be said about being calm, being, being polite, uh, just being cool and collected, uh, regardless of whether something is going your way or not going your way. Going to kind of tied to that one as well of one of the big lessons um was to was to always pay attention to or you know check out everything in the group oftentimes what can happen is the person screaming the loudest and the person making the biggest scene is not the highest priority uh and i want to say the illusion was something around or allusion a-l-l-u-s-i-o-n uh was alluded to that you know the the person who's screaming is not the video. It's the it's the guy, you know, very quiet in the corner who's just slowly losing blood and bleeds out, not making a big deal. While someone's screaming about their dislocated finger. Um, again, now we there's a ton of things all around all of those things: pain threshold, uh, previous history, et cetera, et cetera. But being aware of, kind of being aware of the big picture, but also. You know, looking around, um, being aware of your surroundings, paying attention to everything and not ignoring someone because they're being fairly quiet. Um, that I think as well is a huge life lesson. Oftentimes it's the the person who screams the loudest, it's the squeakiest wheel that gets gets things that are out there, but it can very easily be someone who's got a lot to say or a, a great opinion, whether you're in, say, a work meeting whether you're, you know, you're out with friends or whatever, even in a political discussion, uh, it may not be the person who's screaming the loudest about things. It may be someone that's very seems quiet. Uh, maybe they're introverted. Who knows? But they can have just as valid or even something better to say. A lot of stuff around that. Anyways. Uh, what have I got? Uh, yeah, we talked about decisions, improvise. Uh, another big one is user resources. Um, know who and what's available to you. Uh, maybe know something about, 
you know, when you're, we are talking, it's the wisdom of the wilderness. So the, the nature area you're going for a walk to, uh, does it have cell phone reception? Uh, is there a water fountain? Is there, uh, is there food available? Um, what animals are in the area? If animals are something you're concerned with, um, what, uh, what are the poisonous plants in the area? Just sim simple things like that, things to be aware, aware of, and then know, Hey, what are, maybe have a trail map if you're going to go hiking, uh, you know, maybe know what the route looks like, or at least have an idea. Um, these are great things like use the resources available to you. If you show up to a trailhead and there's a, you know, nice little picture on the, um, signpost as often is the case in some of the more regional or metro area parks here, take a picture of it. It's a great resource to have. You can use it for location. You can use it. You feel like me, you end up giving people directions anyway. So, um, yeah, and, and that goes for life as well. I don't think I need to elaborate this one. Use the resources you have available to you. There's there's plenty of things out there. There's tons of stuff on the interwebs now. Pretty much anything you could want to learn about anything you can learn. So you can you can do it. You can take that time. Oh, I talked about boss a lot and we talked to Eli and things, but that that philosophy of the Boulder Outdoor Survivor School. No more, K-N-O-W more, carry less more more knowledge of first aid more knowledge of different scenarios more more awareness of the environment that you're in the more knowledge that you have the less you need to carry and i am a big proponent of that i think that that is fantastic as well that goes into you know any different areas of your life the the more you know about things the less that you, the less that you may need Oh gosh, getting getting close to the end, but I wanted to touch on the uh, self reliance aspect of things. Um, you know, it's in some places taken for granted. Oh, I'm just going to go out here, and if something goes wrong, somebody's going to come in and save me. I'll I have a spot, I have a uh, a GPS tracker. I'll just hit the button, and then search and rescue will come. Um, yeah, that's great. Maybe, and maybe it's going to snow two feet, and they can't come for three days, or maybe other things are going on, um, whatever. There's a lot to be said, and I'm a huge proponent of self-reliance and learning what you can so that you can go out and not, not need to rely on others. Not exactly what I'm trying to say, that, that you can rely on your own knowledge and wisdom. You can go out and learn those skills. You can go out and apply those skills. And it ties into responsibility for being someone who is going to go out in nature, who is going to go out into the wilderness to, to take responsibility for yourself and learn some of the basic things that are out there, to not assume that somebody else will deal with it. This is something I'd love to see a bit more in society at large of doing things for oneself, being, being aware of a lot of the things that can happen in different areas. Um, you know, taking taking this shift to learn things, to investigate things, to research things. Uh, you don't always need somebody to come and do it for you. There, some cases, yes, especially in first aid. But when we're we're looking at, you know, the skills that are out there or ways to learn, as I just mentioned, like there's a lot of stuff that can be found online, can be found in books, can be found through classes, and you know, Take, re take responsibility for yourself. Uh, do what you can to, to, be, to be aware of what's going on. Oh, gosh. What else did I have down here? Doof, 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 doof. Oh, yeah. Two more big ones. Um, uh, 
a big lesson was to was exposing things. Now, <laughs> perhaps in the context of, you know, oh my gosh, 60 minutes expose, uh, but injuries, you know, that was something I was actually working on a fence uh, a little while back and uh, it was in a, an area that, it was, you know, it wasn't the people think, hey, I'm going to build a fence. It's nice and flat and level and, uh, you know, you can see everything like, nope, nope, this was on a forest and uh, on a hill slope and a whole bunch of trees, a whole bunch of duff, a whole bunch of brush, a whole bunch of rocks. Not so easy to see, not so easy to, to figure out uh, where it wanted to go what was a great way to approach that was, Hey, why don't we uh, clear this area out buddies? And uh, then we can see, and we can make a better plan. It's pretty hard to visualize things if you can't see through the, through the stuff. Um, and that's something that you're taught in, in the wilderness first responder is, you know, to expose the injury uh, within reason if, well, yeah, no, you do need to expose it even if it is hypothermic. Or could be hypothermic, but to expose it, like, hey, my leg hurts. Okay, let's take a look. Oh wow, roll up, roll that up. Hey, I can see your tibia. Hooray! Expose it. Take a look. See what's actually there. Um, that that is a great lesson that that translates. And yeah, fence was the easiest thing because that was there. Um, gosh, planting stuff in the garden. Like, hey, what if I turn over the soil a couple times? Okay, what if I take a look and see what's in there? Ooh, hey, there's a worm. Cool. Now I know what's going on. Anyways, so it was that. Uh, and then the last one that I had, where did you go? Self-care. Self-care is a huge part of taking something uh, like a first responder course and is a huge part of our lives as well. Um, taking care of yourself after something happens and seeking support, seeking, seeking support in whatever way that that takes it take shape for you. Uh, having been someone who has been in situations as a, been in situations where things went wrong. Um, yeah, make sure that you are okay afterwards. Uh, I've seen a lot more about this lately for nurses, firefighters, et cetera, et cetera, for, you know, like stress relief and PTSD, things like that, super common in the military. Um, if you are in a situation and something happens to you, or if you are responding to a situation, um, please make it a point to take care of yourself. That wasn't part of the initial curriculum when I started taking courses, but it's it's been really interesting to see the the additional focus on mental health in wilderness situations, um, first aid for mental health issues, as well as more awareness that like, hey, PTSD is a thing. Uh, it can happen if you've been in situations, if you've seen things, if you've, you know, um, been out with a friend or a partner and something has happened significantly and uh it's important to make sure that you're okay and again in whatever form that takes maybe you take some time in nature and reflect maybe you journal maybe you call whatever type of counselor or therapist that you work with um whatever it is there there's a ton of options that are out there now but please make sure that uh you're at least talking it out or checking it out or doing something to release your stress as a responder during that situation or as a patient during the, that situation uh yeah and i guess i don't need to elaborate too much on that um you know we're we're here we are in may 2021 uh self-care is important um in whatever form that you can do 
nowadays, there's been a ton of additional stresses for many people over the past year. Um, it's important that, you know, you're getting sleep, that you're getting exercise, that you're getting fresh air, that you have someone to talk to, that, you know, you can, you can do the things, um, to help you be at your best, to feel at your best. And if not at your best, at, at the best that you can, or at least better. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of stuff. I, I think it is one of the best, if not the best courses I've ever taken. I highly recommend taking it. If you are someone who enjoys being in the great outdoors, who enjoys adventuring, especially in the great outdoors. And I know that the time and money are huge constraints on an 80 hour first aid course. Um, luckily there are smaller doses. You can do the weekend, uh, wilderness first aid courses are pretty common now. And that gets you the bit the basics and gets you a little bit into that mindset of, Hey, you're in the outdoors. Like things can happen. Things can go wrong very quickly. And you may need to be more self-reliant. You may need to be more improvisational to help out someone who is injured, to help out a friend who's injured, to, to be aware of things for you yourself. I guess that's the last thing I'll share because it just popped into my head right now of after having gone through that class and that course and met with so many interesting people through it, uh, it has really opened up my eyes to how much search and rescue does to the risks inherent in it, as well as to the ways that uh, simple things can help carrying a first aid kit. Even if you don't think you're going to use it, you may come across somebody that's unprepared, um, being aware of your surroundings, a lot of things like that. It's opened my eyes to, to how I can be better prepared for a lot of situations and uh, can also pass this information on. So, hey, on that note, wilderness first responder, ton of great lessons learned. And with the wisdom of the wilderness, hey, it's a, it's a great way to meet other like-minded people and uh, build your skill set at the same time. And if not woofer, wilderness first aid. There's some great videos online. Uh, Knowles Wilderness Medicine Institute has a bunch. Wilderness Medicine Associates, uh, Base Medical, a uh, bunch of other ones I'm blanking on right now. But point being, hey, there's great information out there. Please check it out. All right. Thanks so much for joining, friends. We'll catch you next time on The Wisdom of the Wilderness. Have fun. Alrighty then, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I hope you get a chance to go outside and breathe in some fresh air, or that you've already been outside and perhaps you're even listening to this at the end of an incredible adventure. If you get a chance, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review at the podcast hosting platform that you found this on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, a whole bunch of other things. Drop a review. That is fantastic. It helps spread the word, share the benefits of nature, and share some of these inspiring and empowering stories of what we can all do when we put our minds toward it. Spring is in the process of spraying here where I am. I hope that things are starting to look oh, look brighter, smell sweeter, uh, get warmer wherever you are, and we will catch you next week for another episode.